Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell. Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. All right, let's mix it up. Woo! Yeah. Dude, this is kind of, this is cool. Yeah. We're standing we're, at a bar. We are. New bar. New bar. New bar. Nice. If you're listening, you can tell that we are standing behind our new bar because <laughs> we just told you we were. It's weird because you seem really far away yeah. the way we're sitting right now. Yeah. Well, we don't have it all the keys worked out yet. <laughs> the but. microphone setup is not totally set. Yeah. But that's okay. So we, we, we got a used bar for our office. It's kind of cool. It's very cool. Gives us a place to store our... We have like three bottles of liquor to store in it. Yeah. Like like 300 bottles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's kind of cool that we have a more official place other than a stupid Ikea table. Yeah. We graduated <laughs> college, so we're done with Ikea. <laughs> you know, if you are listening to the podcast and you're in our area, pop in and check out the bar. It is conducive to making drinks. This is the first one that we've made in the podcast studio. It was kind of cool, wasn't it? It was. It was very cool. Got yeah. a little dry dry sink area i guess you would call that sure throw some ice in there mix your drinks up yeah Yeah, it's cool it feels feels different it does i feel like we're echoing more in here yeah there's not as much stuff to bounce off of yeah well we can (laughs) fix that we just need to move all our crap in here (laughs) so uh we are going to talk about finance today oh yeah (laughs) and we're gonna drink definitely gonna do that Because a podcast without alcohol can't be interesting. It can't be. Well, not if finance is involved anyway. (laughs) All right. So, Jason, this is interesting because we just ran a slew of meetings over the last couple of weeks. Oh, gosh, yes. We're still tired from it in good ways, I think. Yeah. But you had a lot of questions regarding this week's topic, didn't you? I-bonds. Bonds. (laughs) I-bonds. Yeah. We did this once. We Yeah. (laughs) Not exactly this No, not this one, but we did do a James Bond theme. I don't know why, but we just, uh, we're talking about bonds. I-bonds. Yeah. Yeah. The Sean Connery impressions have come out this week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not very, I am not even in the same universe as cool as that guy. So No. No. I mean... Definitely not. No. You're way not cool. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm. I think demand for these things have been, you know, through the roof. So if you're not tracking yet with us, and you're you're going I bonds, I don't know what that is. Stay tuned. We're going to do a lot of explaining. Yes. Jason had a few clients say, "Hey, what about I bonds right now?" And it's it's funny because you said something after a meeting. You said, "Hey, have you given any thought to I bonds?" And I go, "What? Why would we do that?" Right. And then. <laughs> Okay, now I, I I can see why digging into it a little bit. So it, it's good. Uh, meetings with our our clients sharpen us definitely. Sure, but I thought that and you 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 thought really heck we could do a podcast on this. We could we could go into really you know what are they? How do they work? Is this worth looking into, Jason? Because it's something that's not talked about very often. Yeah, and I think it is. I think it's worth looking into. And you know, again, that demand because of how they're structured in our current inflationary world. It's mm-hmm. it's an important place to look right now. Yeah, something that's been ignored for a long time. Definitely. Maybe we're diving too far into the finance topic I need at a this drink, point man. because we need to try this out. <laughs> yeah, so we're going down that that trail again. We're talking about, well, when we say bond, we have to do the James Bond theme. This is not GoldenEye. We did that one a uh, long, long time yeah. ago. And we drank uh, dry martinis, right? Yep. So today, this is a spin on a dry martini, but we're drinking what's called a Vesper. This is actually the drink that James Bond 
drank in the first movie, right? The first book, Doctor No, right? Mm-hmm. The well, name they brought Vesper. it back. They brought it back in the movie. Th- they did. The Daniel Craig you were just watching when I walked in the room. That's <laughs> we were being funny. inspired. <laughs> but they they were going back to uh, you know some lines in the original book, the Ian Fleming novel, right? right. Uh, so there wasn't a dry martini, and I think I can't really go way back and think about all that we said in that episode too. But what what he was drinking in the movies was not actually a dry martini. He was drinking a Vesper, Vesper and, yeah. and we call it a Vesper because of the first Bond girl. Yeah, so this is a little bit different. Daniel Craig just rattled off the recipe. Let's let's dive into this, Jason. It was yes. This is a a stout drink, yeah, by the way. Yeah, I mean you got to put your big boy pants on <laughs> for this one. <laughs> so three ounces of gin. All right. I mean we're that's using, a lot right there. Oh yeah, absolutely. That'll sneak up on you quick. I mean Jen is just used to get drunk. I think sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to think of a uh, what, what's the the quote from um, not Ron. Ron Swanson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Clear liquors are for rich white women who want to get drunk. <laughs> I think I said that right. Okay. All right. So anyway, three ounces of gin. We used Nolitz dry gin, so yeah. we've switched it up a little bit. I think it should go good in this this yeah. cocktail. I think that's probably one of my favorites. It's a more herbal, florally tasting gin. Yeah, it yep. is. We've got vodka in here too, guys. You know how we feel about vodka if you've vodka listened sucks. to us. <laughs> but we are staying true to the original recipe. So one ounce of vodka, we're using Tito's because uh, it's not as It's horrible. American. <laughs> uh, and then this, I'm really excited to try this. Uh, a half an ounce of Lillette Blanc, which is, yeah. uh, I want to, you were trying to pronounce this word. It's a what, Jason? It's a. It starts uh, with an A. A. Uh, aper. I have no idea. Aperitif. Ooh. Oh, man. Pascal's going to throw us under the bus. Sorry, buddy. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have a, a wonderful French friend, and he's just going to he's yeah. gonna laugh in our faces. I make fun cover. of how he mispronounces words all the time, like champagne. <laughs> uh, it's really funny. It um, is. <laughs> so anyway, uh, this is one that I haven't been able to find, and here we found it today right in our very own Defiance liquor store, yeah. DBC. So yeah. I'm really excited. I think this is the game changer. This is what makes it a little bit different it's, than your typical. It's kind of fun walking routine. around the liquor store with your phone out, trying to find the picture yeah. of the thing <laughs> that you're looking for. So, Okay. So three ounces of gin, one ounce of vodka, a half ounce of Lillette Blanc. If you can't find it, which we weren't able to find for a while, you could also substitute this with St. Germain, which is sure. a liqueur. And if you're really hard pressed, any sweet white vermouth would probably do. Yeah. If you can find uh, like Kochi, they have a a sweet white vermouth that's very, very tasty. And then we just did lemon peel to garnish. So Jason, let's stop talking about it and be about it. Cheers. Let's take a swig of this. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. It's definitely, it's definitely a little dry. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Well, I don't know where the, the, the sweet notes are coming from. It's the Lilla Blanc. It? Yeah, I can t- that's the thing, actually. I'm Ooh. Three ounces of gin, one ounce of vodka, then a half ounce of Lilla. That's what I'm tasting. It's like strawberry-y. Ooh, see, I don't get that. I don't know what sweetness I'm getting. I'm not sure what to equate it to. It is sweet. It's just, you know what? It just counters the... This would be a super dry drink without that. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. I can't that's really good. put my finger on what that's that's, the sweetness is. This is going to sound weird. It's a florally sweetness, and maybe that's the Nolets in there too, because that's a more florally kind of gin. Man, but that, uh, I, that is that's really interesting. I didn't expect that, especially since there's, you know, the serum that ruins all drinks <laughs> included <laughs> inside of this drink. Yeah, the um, the tater water is not uh, taking over. It's not. Well, but that's kind of vodka's thing, and actually, yeah, that's, that's unfair because Tito's is not tater vodka; it's corn vodka. It is so. 
We're anyway, kind of, maybe we're cheating a little bit here. Maybe I, you know, this maybe is, that's the sweetness coming out. You the, know, the Lula really reminds me of that Kochi sweet vermouth that we had before. I and we re- did I use mean, that I remember in some cocktails. It. I'm going to smell this stuff. Is that what you're tasting? That is not what I expected it to oh. smell like. I'm not going to lie. That's got to be the gin and this combined. It's got to be here. Smell it by itself. It's it smells like wine. I mean, it smells like a white, a regular white. Oh wine. yeah, it does. Um, like grapey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing. Nothing overly sweet. Now the Norlitz is like again, like you said, very florally. You know, your your palate might be more refined than mine. It says on here there's a recipe on the back and they they put strawberry as a garnish. There so if there's some strawberry sweetness in there, that would probably complement that. Maybe that's what you're tasting. Yeah. I don't a, know. It's okay if your palate's dead because of all the <laughs> bourbon you drink. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I fry it. <laughs> this is pretty good. I actually, so yeah. it's it's a pretty manly drink. I'd say uh, this is not. Uh, I, think I think you should try it though. This is an easy one to make. It is. I mean, if you don't like it, just drink the bottle of wine. Oh, and I mean, by the way, I think this goes without mentioning it, but we, we shook this. We did not stir it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Enough Lots of, of that. ice, nice and cold. We've, we've talked way too much about things that are not finance related. Oh, so moving gosh. on. Maybe this is our excitement about the I bond topic. Maybe I don't know. Jason, what the heck is an I bond, a series I bond. So this is a government bond. Okay. Right. Issued by the government, uh, by the United States of America government. A debt instrument. A debt instrument that is designed to protect your purchasing power. Okay. And so what they mean That's why it's series I. Correct. I for inflation. Yeah, I for inflation. So this is kind of like an inflation indexed bond. Yeah. Issued by the government. So I hear inflations, uh, inflation and bonds, and what I, I typically go to is tips. Yeah, exactly. But those are those Treasury are Treasury infl- inflation protected it's, securities. It, it's right? just a different type of bond. And I mean, the I bond typically is issued with a fixed interest rate of some sort, mm-hmm. which happens to be zero right now. And it's hedged, or I guess hedge, I don't know if hedge is the it's indexed, I think is mm-hmm. a better way of saying it, to the current inflationary environment that we're in so which has been nil to speak of for the last 10 or 15 years really. exactly Up and until since we recently. are at 40 year highs around inflation now current rate on an i-bond issued up to october is 9.62 percent that's a lot it is <laughs> now you know big asterisks here folks so you can only put well hang on ah, don't spoil it ah, don't spoil it Let's There's not a go there yet. There's a limit. There is a limit. <laughs> so I guess before before we jump into that, let's clearing up what exactly a Series I bond is. So I, and I brought up tre, uh, the Treasury inflation protected securities, the tips, yeah. which yeah. we we um, you know we see that see those sometimes as like a money market mm-hmm. part of a portfolio, something like that. This, this is different because you can buy those on the secondary market. You can buy those in mutual funds and right. things of that nature. Right. They're traded. Yeah, and Series I bonds are issued directly to individuals. Like correct. Like what if you worked at a bank, like we did at one point. Right. Probably the bonds that you're most familiar with would be the those Series Double E bonds. Double E bonds. And if you were born in the '80s, you may have been gifted a Series Double E bond Almost from grandparents at some point, right? <laughs> so this acts more like a Series Double E bond, right? It's issued to an individual, mm-hmm. and at, right now the only place to get them is on the Treasury's website. But uh, oh, that's wrong. 
Is it? That's wrong. Where else can you get it? You can actually. So I had this question come up. I don't want to do it on the website. You have to get a form quadruple eight. <laughs> okay. All right. And you can get a paper. But you can't I-bond. walk into the bank and buy it like you could buy those double E bonds. It has back to come day. directly from the treasury. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. No secondary market. No and secondary market. The only place market. to sell it is back to them, right? I that, mean, that is right. Kay. So, yep. So the the denominations for a paper bond is it's all very similar. Real to what, similar to e bonds. Yeah. What an e bond would be fifty, hundred, hundred fifty. 150. That yeah. E bonds. We don't see these anymore because there's really no point. They have a fixed rate and issued at current rates over the last ten or fifteen years have been nil. Um, I guess yeah. a few people out there still use them, but I always ask why. Right. Very so, depressing. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about how they work. I think we have an understanding of what they are. Sure. And the first thing that I have written down here is, you know, what, how is that rate determined? So you mentioned right now the, the base rate on it is zero, but where's 9.62 coming in? So it's based on the previous six months worth of inflation data. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm assuming they're using the CPI, Consumer Price Index. I'm assuming... But I, I guess I don't know that for sure. Well, they tie everything else to that. That would make sense. Yeah, and it's a variable rate. And then it's it's sounds like it's pretty much fixed. It is fixed for six months. For six months. And then yeah. resets based and then on the resets. inflation data again. Yeah, so, so that's why there's kind of like, it seems like almost like a subscription period where you can buy it up to a date and then they stop. Mm-hmm. And then they're probably going to reset the new issuance at a higher or different lower rate. rate. Yeah. yeah. So I think the some of the draw to this is uh, since it's retroactive, it's looking mm-hmm. at the last six month period, you're cashing in on 9.62% inflation, let's say, mm-hmm. even though inflation may be coming down now, right? Right. right. But in October, it's going to reset again. Right. So exactly. And, and so the issuance of the current I-bond is subscription period is done in October. Okay. So it's twice a year, October, and then what, March? I think is it is March, that, yeah. yeah. Yep. So okay, yeah. So that's how the rates determine indexing, basically based on inflation, and then it changes. This is a I, I wrote down here the maturity. These mm-hmm. are thirty year bonds, Jason. They are right. So <laughs> in our careers, we hear thirty ter- uh, thirty year government <laughs> bonds, and we go, oh, yeah, stay away, right? Yeah. Although if I could get a fixed nine point six two percent for thirty years, I think I'm I'd a, be okay with that. I might be that. signing up for a few of those. Yeah, but that's not how this works. No, no. And I think that a lot of people say, "Why not I bonds? Nine point six two percent on a thirty year bond? Why wouldn't you take that?" Well, because in October that rate's going to change. It's going to change, and you know, like our it might stay in that range, but you know, CPI data that came out last for this month, last month, mm-hmm. it was down, was lower. Yep. Yeah, and it not not a little bit. I mean, it's more than a half a percent. So right. It's it can fluctuate. So you have a pretty good idea of where, where that bond's going to be, what it's going to be paying the next time around. Right. But I think that that's some of the some of the draw to this is, well, inflation's coming down and I can still get 9.6. Yeah, for a little bit of time. So we talked a little bit about the maturity. There's kind of a, a redemption schedule with these two. Right. So you're buying a 30-year bond. You, you can't sell it within a year. No. Okay. So there's a caveat. Is it liquid? Yeah, there's some liquidity, but you can't sell it within a year. So you're really locked up for 12 months here. It's not yeah. really 30 years. So in, in everything that I read, there's there's uh, after five years, there's no penalty to right. sell it back. Okay. Right. So really, you, you know, if, if kind of like you would look at a CD, right? No penalty mm-hmm. if you hold it up to, if you redeem this or sell it back, you know, in years two through five, you're giving up three months worth of interest. Very yeah. similar to how a CD works. Right. So you're, um, you're giving up. You're not losing. You're not going back. No, you're, you're not just, losing. Yeah, you're just giving up three months of interest. Right. Not too bad. 
So they pay every six months, right? Whenever they reset, um, that's that's now you can choose how you take this because one of the other things that I'll bring up with this is taxes. Yep. This is something that uh, is exempt from state and municipal, but not federal income tax. However, there's some caveats. So another thing that might make this attractive is if let's say you redeem one of these and you use it for qualified education expenses like college tuition right. or something, right. then the interest can be completely you know, triple tax exempt like muni bonds and things like that. Exactly. Yeah, there are some cases there where, where it is tax exempt. But when we're talking about uh, 9.62%, remember, that's not federally tax exempt either, like right. any treasury bonds typically. So here's the kicker, Jason, because so far these sound all right. And especially if you're looking at what the market's doing right now, it's a little choppy out there. Right. I mean, we've seen a good run back since the bottom. And I'll say bottom because I'm just assuming that we hit the bottom at some point. <laughs> no, we could go the other way. We could continue to go further the other way, I guess. Sure. But I, I think a lot of people say, well, why would I jump into the market right now when it's so choppy when I could park money for 9.62%? Exactly. That's great. But there are some limits to this, right? Yeah. So far, this sounds good. If I could park money for 9.62% for six months, and let the market kind of figure itself out. Why wouldn't I just move my whole portfolio, Jason? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a conservative way of of looking at this. Well, there is a limit. And so you can you can put $15,000 in these I bonds per individual, husband wife, so that's 30,000 total. Mm-hmm. And there's another little caveat, 5,000 of which is only purchasable with your tax refund. Yeah. So the limit's that's, 10. Yeah. You could go to 15 if you take your tax refund and apply it towards one that's, of these. That's yeah. right. So it's even even got a little hook there. Yeah. So 10 So grand. if you've done a it's good job with your withholdings and yeah. you don't have a big tax refund, you're you might be stuck at $10,000. I mean, put your EA hat on for a minute. Like yeah. you're not going to let someone put $5,000 <laughs> in extra withholdings. Right. We're going to say this is an effective tax planning here, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's really ten thousand uh, dollars per individual, and that is that per issuance. I guess I don't know per year, per year, per okay. year. Yep. So, so you could buy a bunch of these, and the thought would be that over a long period of time, if mm-hmm. inflation remains very high, maybe it would be a good uh, investment. Although, well, I guess maybe we this can bleed over into the next section, right? Who do these benefit, and should you buy them? Right. Let, let's let's yeah, do that because. Let's, I want to continue my thought there. <laughs> 9.62 sounds great, right? Because the bank isn't offering 9.62. That's right. New issue bonds aren't offering 9.62, nope. right? But this is all based on an index for inflation, which means everything else is costing you 9.62, essentially, right? Correct. I mean, or, you know, all the prices in the world have already adjusted to that point. So so let's say we could put all of our money into these I bonds. Let's just, yes. let's just create a scenario. Yep. I could put everything that I wanted over the next so many years by purchasing 10 or 15,000 per yep. person in my household, right? And I'm going to get 9% plus for the next 30 years. You'd look yep. back and say, well, I did pretty well. Did you? Did no, you, Jason? Probably not. I mean, basically, it was a way to ensure that your rate of return in your investments were zero. Mm-hmm. Treading water. Right. And not even barely. You're floating on your back with the water coming up around your nose. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's uh, because inflation is so high, mm-hmm. your purchasing power is being depleted so quickly. Yeah. And, uh, I get it. There's someone out there rolling their eyes right now going, oh, yeah, you're the market guy. But yeah, the market you guys backwards. are perma bulls. Everything's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. yeah. But um, 
you know, during a period of time where inflation is high, to, generally speaking, at least historically, and mm-hmm. we did a bunch of this research this week. Yep. Markets sell. If you got cash, the years that followed heavy inflation numbers were shockingly well. Yeah. Well, shockingly. I mean, we were surprised. Uh, it, you say shockingly well. Another word is coming to my mind, and I can't quite spit it out. It, it's astonishing. It, it, it is, is astonishing when you look at the years following, you know, recession or or high periods of inflation. And we looked at several of them historically. And you know, here we go. Here's a disclosure. You know, the historical returns aren't necessarily indicative of future. But like returns. Dave Ramsey always says, yeah. But that's the only thing that we can really that's- base our decision <laughs> off of, right? Yeah. And so, like looking at it, I I think. I think we were all kind of pleasantly surprised. Now, of course, it's always difficult to throw the dart at the timeline and say we're right here. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely. This, yeah. So it's like trying to catch a falling knife. Yeah, and it's not good. <laughs> I, you know, I have another metaphor for that. You ever seen those like videos online where they're like the dad says, "I'll put this credit card against the wall. You just have to catch it with your head." Oh yeah, 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 That's yeah. A good one. Yeah, that, I think it's kind of similar. <laughs> Like I do feel like I bang my head against the wall sometimes. So I, I kind of <laughs> like that one better. But anyways, you know, I, I think that we were surprised. There's a point where the... And we do this for a living, by the way. And right. we were still surprised. Yeah. And we're not, we're not saying that we're not in an economic slowdown, which mm-hmm. is, you know, kind of by design. You know, inflation's very high right now for yeah. us to continue at that particular le- number for this for that long. It's it is healthy. actually it's detrimental to right. the economy. So I th- I think I was just we've talked about this th- before. Sometimes recession is the cure. Right. 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 It's, it's kind of what the doctor ordered. We're how trying deep. to slow things down. Right. Exactly. Which I hate the term. And I said it like a thousand times this last two weeks. I hate the term that they keep using the Fed and the mm-hmm. Treasury Secretary. They keep saying we need to navigate a soft landing. <laughs> and I just want to scream like I think we're past that. I think I think we <laughs> flew over the runway a few times guys like so you know the 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 surprise I think is is what what came after that you started to see what I'm going to call a significant decline in, in the inflationary read from you know like in the 80s we were talking like 13 14% down mm-hmm. to like 8 it's still really high. Historically high. Yeah. And and yet the market was like, oh, okay, we got this thing kind of, we're starting to wrangle it. Okay. It may not be in the fence we want it to be in, but it's getting close. And it was surprisingly, it was encouraging is a better word to look at what the narrative seems. It's just so negative right now. Yeah. Well, and we've seen this too, where the market, market performance does not necessarily follow recession. Right. Right. right there, there are inflationary periods and recessionary periods where the market has done well. But usually, I mean, the market's going to react negatively at some point. You know, markets are usually trying to price things in where we're going to be at six, twelve months down the road. Right. So if we look back on this scenario, and this is not us pontificating about what we think is going to happen with the market, I don't have a crystal ball, and you don't either. Right. But just because the economy slows down doesn't always mean that the stock market follows. It, it could have been. Uh, indicative of what happened the first six months of this year, really right. pricing those things. It was already in, priced so. in. The market already responded. It, you know, like I can just. I'm, I'm not watching it right now, but this conversation we're having. I'm sure the market's plummeting right now because uh, yeah, of, of mean, this conversation. It, it, it was this morning. <laughs> it was selling. So, uh, but you know, the reality is, is like any tool, any financial tool that's available to us, we should consider. Number one, sure, this is a part of any reasonably well-designed financial plan. So let's talk about 
who this benefits and who it makes sense for, because I think now you tell me what you think about this because you had clients ask you about this. Do you think there was an unspoken like, hey, is this a substitute for what we're doing in the market? No. Okay. It wasn't. It was it was mostly around I'm gonna buy a car in two years. Okay. I've been saving. Yeah. I have twenty grand sitting here. It earns point depression. <laughs> and we need to just get do something with this money. But I don't want to put it in the market. Yeah. Because I'm gonna spend Well, it. and we would tell you you shouldn't. Right. Put it in the market. Absolutely. Right. And so, and I know when someone says, I'm going to buy a car in two years, what that means, it'll probably be three. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that to me is a reasonable parking spot mm-hmm. where you're at least not treading water. Um, you're more than treading water. You're keeping your nose above the water. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's good. And, and I think this is kind of like in that emergency fund category for me. I, it, I think that's where it's useful. Yeah, I, I think that's I think you nailed it, Jason. Uh, because I, I think you could look at this, you could look at the return and say, well, wait a minute. If stocks, you know, on average, let's say the S and P does around ten percent, and I can get nine point six here, why wouldn't I do that with a government guaranteed bond? Right? I'm not going to disagree. I mean, I wouldn't disagree. But again, we're looking at you know years in a recovery, mm-hmm. missing out on twenty, thirty, forty percent in some cases. That's right. right. So is this a substitute for your stock portfolio? Mm-mm. Nope. I, I think you nailed it right there. Uh, who Who's this good for? Someone who's sitting on too much emergency money or that you know sinking fund sinking money funds, that's yeah. earmarked for something in the next one, two, five, even five as a stretch, right? Yeah. Down payment for a house. Buying a car, exactly. Kids going to school, and you know we didn't we didn't get on it. We don't have a five twenty nine, but here they're sixteen years old, and we got to put some money away. Those types of scenarios, absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. I think, like you said, is this a viable option? Yes, yeah, for a portion. Now they limit it anyway, so you're you're going to be limited to what you could put into something like this. But is it a substitute for uh, traditional, good old fashioned asset allocation and retirement accounts and things of that nature? I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't think so either. I think it's just a, it's a convenient distraction. I think the part of this that gets me kind of ticked off is a little bit T.O.'d. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) especially after this drink. Now I'm getting T.O.'d. It's just got a component of fear, Mm -hmm. and I hate that part. It just ticks me off because, statistically speaking, this nine point six two percent rate will not last. Yeah. But what will last is average market returns over a period of time. Right. And you said it there. That doesn't make a good headline. The fear element, right? There's something there. And I think also the like the fear of missing out too. Yeah. People look at this and go, this is a great deal. Yeah. I think we have to stand back and say, is it really though? Because what these are designed to do is just pace inflation. Keep your purchasing power the same. So are we really getting a good deal? If anything, folks, this should highlight what a bad deal you're getting at your bank and your cash accounts <laughs> and your money markets and your CDs. Don't oh, you agree? Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by <laughs> XYZ, Chase local bank. bank. <laughs> uh, no, right. You're right. It's it's depressing. I, I mean, uh, certificates of depression at 3%. <laughs> I love that. I've, this is the first I've heard that. That is like bad. And yeah. point nothing is also bad and this is not a great deal it just is showing how bad of a deal cash is right now yeah and don't listen don't get too wrapped up in you know the advertisements in the newspaper right now for three percent cds like don't do it it is 
it's like I feel like it's like I need to route Cheetah. <laughs> in an average inflation, uh, you know, year two to three percent of three percent yeah, CD is okay. Totally, we're not there. Well, no. I think there you have it, folks. This was good. We went all over the place. Bonds, I bonds. <laughs> no, you do yours. Keep your day job. <laughs> <laughs> this is my day job. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thanks for having a drink with us this week. It's time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at bluejfg.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with the latest action by following us on Facebook. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's bluejfg.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Caleb and Jason. Cheers. Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC. Blue Jay is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to a consumer in a particular state by Blue Jay and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written consent on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless otherwise otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, we should drink That's pretty good. More. I didn't finish that. That was that was heavy. Dude, you poked yourself in the eye. <laughs> Boy, that's You're strong. a professional. <laughs>